A new campaign battles sex abuse of children. Welcome to this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. A new program aimed at preventing child abuse, whether in or out of sport, is being launched this month. Called Courage First, the initiative is backed with a $1 million commitment from the Foundation for Global Sports Development. The program is designed to complement the documentary At the Heart of Gold Inside the USA Gymnastics Scandal. That film is about to go on a tour of the U.S. following its premiere in May on HBO Films, where it can be viewed on demand. At the Heart of Gold is the latest production of the Global Sports Development Film Production Arm, produced by Dr. Stephen Ungerleiter and David Ulick. Dr. Ungerleiter joins us today to talk about Courage First and At the Heart of Gold. He's been a frequent guest here on Around the Rings Radio in the past. And he's on the phone with us from Eugene, Oregon. And in full disclosure, we should say GSD is an advertiser and longtime supporter of Around the Rings. Dr. Steve, welcome to Around the Rings Radio today. Thanks, Ed. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, first, let's talk about the film, a, uh, a big project of yours, four years in the making. Incredibly, before the, the Nasser scandal even even broke, before it became known the way it is around the world. It is a 90-minute expose on how this abuse was carried out against hundreds of young gymnasts by Nasser. Um, why, why did you want to put this film together, and, 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 and how did it get started four years ago? Well, Ed, it was a tough decision, and it was not taken lightly. Uh, myself and my colleagues who I've worked with in the Olympic family for nearly four decades, 39 years, um, both in the USOC world and the IOC, we sat down and realized that uh, there were some very serious issues having to do with uh, sexual assault and uh, sexual predators in the Olympic movement and also in the sports world at large. We were very upset. We kept hearing from a number of, of athletes uh, at the highest level, as well as administrators, that this has been going on for a long time. We took a deep dive in, in, in my research in interviewing athletes and coaches and administrators, board members of the USOC, realized that this was a uh, serious uh, crisis of, of great proportions, perhaps one of the most serious issues ever to face the United States Olympic Committee, certainly USA Gymnastics, which as a result has been disbanded. Uh, folks have been indicted. There are hundreds of civil and criminal lawsuits. Uh, people have gone to jail. There's uh, more FBI investigations going on. So our team felt it was important to tell the real story, and that is the origin of how we began the film. Did you did you know about Larry Nasser when you started your research four years ago on this project? I had heard uh, rumors about it. I knew that he was a team doctor. I knew that he had worked his way up the food chain, and there were questions uh, about his techniques and his approach to working with patients, working with athletes. I thought at first it was 
an isolated uh, cluster of, of uh, young athletes. And then as the uh, gates open uh, and we realized that there were hundreds and hundreds of, of young uh, women who came forward, uh, we became aware that this was a watershed moment in uh, elite sports. It's a it's a compelling film. It does include particularly the the thoughts, the 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 recounting of what happened from a number of survivors. How important was it for this film to give give them a voice to be able to include their narrative as part of this documentary? Well, we did interview hundreds of young women from different cohorts, uh, recent uh, U.S. Olympians from the past uh, Rio and, and uh, you know, London uh, games. Um, we also interviewed older women who had competed years ago and actually some folks from 25 years ago who had had problems uh, with Nasser and other team doctors and coaches. It was very important to give the women a voice. Uh, as you know, uh, from the film and from the national network coverage of the trial, uh, the federal judge involved, Judge Aquilina, did something rather unusual and allowed for victim impact statements. And she asked that any athlete could come forward uh, during the sentencing and speak. And it wasn't just a handful. It was uh, close to 87 athletes. So it, testimony went on for quite a while, and we got to hear the voice of the victim and get to see and hear them confront this uh, perpetrator, this really uh, terrible character. And in our interviews with the athletes, they felt um, a catharsis. It was therapeutic. They felt that justice was served and that their voice could be heard. And one of the bizarre uh, paradox of all this is when the FBI interviewed and, and various law enforcement interviewed the athletes, they really didn't get to tell their story. Um, the FBI would take the information and process it and go for an indictment. And when we went to interview the FBI, they would say to us, you know, uh, we don't have the resources to sit and listen to the stories or support the victims. Our job is to get these folks off the street and get a conviction. But that didn't really help the athletes have any closure. So I think it was important to have them tell their story and have them uh, go public and give uh, a full disclosure. And I think a lot of healing uh, is underway as a result. There is no no comment, no participation in the film from U.S. Olympic Paralympic Committee or USA Gymnastics. Did they not want to cooperate? Did you want them to have something to say in the film? The answer is yes, uh, it's true. There is no representation. Yes, we wanted them very much. Yes, I went to the USOC board. I went to, at the time, the USOC uh, leadership, Scott Blackman, Larry Probst, Chris Sullivan, all the people that I've known uh, for many, many years. I've 
I have 39 years uh, involvement with the Olympic family. I've traveled all over the world with these people. Uh, I like them. I respect them. I ask them to uh, first come forward and make a statement about this uh, horrendous uh, sexual assault matter and the Nasser case. They refused and said that their lawyers had asked them to keep their mouths shut, keep their heads down. And when I kept going back to the leadership saying, I'm not suggesting that you created this monster. I'm just asking that you support our great athletes and our families. We're all in this together. We have to support our young athletes and let them know that we care about them. They're the face of America. They're the ones who are competing, winning the medals. They're the ones bringing in the millions of dollars of corporate sponsorship. I I beg you to come forward and say something right in op-ed and let the world know that you're here to help them and do something about this, and they refuse. So that was uncomfortable, very painful. Um, later on, when the film uh, was underway, uh, myself and others went again to the uh, United States Olympic Committee and USA Gymnastics and said, we're not here to uh, target you. We're not here to undermine you. Um, we want, in full disclosure, you to know that we're making the film and we want you to participate and be part of solving this problem. And they said they appreciated that. They didn't want to be blindsided. But once again, they cited their legal experts saying, uh, keep your head down. Give a uh, mention here to Aaron Lee Carter, who directed this film. She did a she did an in, interesting, great job on it. How was it working with her, and what was her contribution to making all of this come together? A great director, a uh, phenomenal young director who we've known for years. Um, did it make a difference to have a woman as the director of this film? Yes, very much so. And we we intentionally interviewed many many people, but I think um, it made sense due to the sensitivity. Of the issue, and also because Aaron Lee Carr is an experienced director who has worked on very sensitive issues, um, including sexual assault. Prior, she's got three other films. Um, it, it made good sense. But not being in the film business, I'm in sports medicine. Spent my career in writing and doing research. Um, I don't aspire to be in the film industry. So it was a a pleasure and an honor to work with somebody as talented as Aaron Lee Carr and the rest of the team, Michael Cassio, David Ulick, uh, Kelly Crabb, Paul Mongaggio, uh, very smart people who know the film industry and know how to collaborate. We were a very collaborative team. There were about 17 of us. Um, and it was a great honor to, to work with all this talent and people who are smarter than I am in, in their field, and for the most part, I think we got along very well. There were some bumps in the road here and there, but uh, overall, putting that many people around a table and having a dialogue uh, for two or three years, I think we did uh, extremely well. And we're talking with Stephen Ungerleiter. He is one of the producers of the film we're talking about here at Heart of Gold, and he's also involved with the project called Courage First, which is meant to battle 
sex abuse, abuse against children um, nationwide, around the world. Talk a little, if you will, about Courage First, which uh, you're launching this month. So Courage First is the outgrowth of the film, and with the support of HBO, who has been amazing, uh, great people, not only into having a good film that you know brings in revenues, but really solid people who really care about the issues. And they said early on, um, we want this not to just sit on a platform at HBO and be seen all over the world, which it has, but we want you to go and educate people, families, young parents, young coaches, athletes, and uh, people in Congress about the uh, uh, horrific issues of sexual predators. And so Courage First is the natural evolution of getting it out with a curriculum and a guidebook so that we can go to ADs, we can go to colleges, we can go to different um, places around the country, uh, different organizations, whether it's a small gym somewhere or you know a big training center, and allow uh, folks to see the movie, but also hear from survivors who are speaking and give uh, Q&As and also give a curriculum and guidance on how we can do a better job in hiring background checks, uh, talking to law enforcement, finding out from uh, coaches where they've been, uh, what kind of training they've had, have they done the required uh, training for their profession. Um, and so I think the Courage First, uh, which has already been uh, initiated, will go a long way in taking the film off the media platform and pushing it out into a serious dialogue about uh, sexual assault, sexual abuse. And how do you decide where to bring the program, where to bring Courage First? Have you uh, had occasions to uh, bring this already out into the public? Well, great question. And as we speak, um, we are about, myself and, and David Ulick and uh, Aaron Carr, will be traveling with some of the sister survivors. We were at the Aspen Institute, uh, gave a symposium there with the film. We um, will be showing in New York City in a few weeks at the New York Public Library. We then go to the University of Pennsylvania. Um, we'll be showing there and also having a panel of survivors. We'll be in Florida. We've uh, been invited to San Francisco to do uh, some film festivals. So, the, yeah, the word is getting out. Uh, both in the film festival world and the university world, the athletic director, uh, NCAA, and also um, uh, as a footnote to this and your earlier question, the International Olympic Committee has seen the film, and I must tell you I was deeply touched by their comments. The IPC, where I serve on the executive committee, uh, International Paralympic Committee, has seen it, and the IOC Medical Commission has seen it and at their annual conference, and we're very gracious and asked to use it uh, in future meetings and symposiums uh, to further uh, the uh, discussion and initiative of preventing uh, sexual assault in international venues um, that have had problems. So we feel very gratified that the international 
community is is taking a very very serious look at all this. So you would like to see it, I guess, all over the, all over the world, um, on a you know monthly basis, weekly basis. I mean, you can't go everywhere with the film, but is it set up so that it the film can can go to a location and you've got a, a panel of experts ready to back it up and support the messages that the film delivers? True enough. In my youth, I'd be flying all over the place, but, you know, I've, I've got responsibilities with uh, my wife and children and other things. Same thing with, with, with David Ulick and his law practice and other folks. But we will do as much speaking as we can. We do have experts uh, around the world. Ironically, when the film came out, we were getting requests from Budapest, from London, from Tel Aviv, um, somebody from Lithuania, from the Olympic Committee uh, in Lithuania called. So we, we got a lot of international exposure, and as a result of the IOC Medical Commission, because they are networked all over the world and touch some of the Olympic family in uh, 205 nations that are part of the Olympic family, we do have a very strong network uh, that we can call upon to show up at a screening and do some Q&As and, and uh, dialogue and uh, respond to questions about uh, sexual assault. So um, already we're, we're getting some terrific feedback from, uh, from the international community. Uh, there some, certainly have been some great lessons to be learned in the United States uh, from this scandal and its aftermath. But, but looking at things on a global basis, do you think there are cases of abuse out there that that we don't know about that that are perhaps still still going on that have not been uncovered that this film your program could help expose? Well, we hope so. I hope the film will further the goal of creating a dialogue and an educational platform for for families and coaches and and no doubt, I know many members of the uh, International Olympic Committee Medical Commission, and we've talked at length. There's no secret that uh, in, in the U.K. years ago, there was some uh, serious bullying and sexual assault among soccer players. We know that Taekwondo has had issues. We know that the Swimming Federation has had issues. I believe that there are issues in many corners of the world, Perhaps nothing as egregious as what happened with USA Gymnastics. I hope and pray that we never see anything like this again. But I'm sure that there are uh, problems in many, many uh, corners of the world and still skeletons in the closet. And I hope this will further uh, open those doors and shed some light on these uh, horrific problems. Uh, in the campaign uh, against uh, abuse, uh, you've been uh, involved with uh, speaking with members of, of Congress about changes to, about new legislation, changes to existing uh, law that, that might help uh, fight abuse in the future. Uh, what do you think of what's going on right now in Congress uh, to address, address this issue? Well, Ed, it's a very good question. I have mixed feelings. I have been in touch with Senator Blumenthal, Chairman of Judiciary, Senator Moran, who's also on the Judiciary, um, and I know that they're committed. I know their staff is committed. Unfortunately, they're dealing with some uh, other problems, and they're distracted 
uh, at the judiciary. It seems like there's quite a few distractions in in uh, Washington right now. But I know that there are several bills that are on the front burner, and one of them is to set up a national commission to to study this at a greater uh, detail. I believe that will happen. There is another bill that's being promoted that will revamp the 1978 Amateur Sports Act, which is basically the blueprint for the United States Olympic Committee and all of the the federations under that. And there is talk of shutting down. uh, USA Gymnastics has been decertified, but there's talk about shutting down the U.S. Olympic Committee uh, for a while and perhaps having an oversight committee at Commerce and the judiciary to monitor or even uh, take the reins in oversight of the Olympic Committee. I'm not sure that's a smart idea. I don't know if Congress is in a position to run our elite athlete apparatus. I do hear their concerns, and I think there's a middle ground where Congress can step in and say, look, folks, at USA Gymnastics, look, folks, at the U.S. Olympic Committee, you need to clean house. You need to make sure that we have a clean slate and we have really, really solid, proactive administrators and board members and folks at the Federation who know what they're doing. So I think there's a middle ground. I'm not sure how it will shake out. Also this week on another edition of Around the Rings Radio, we've uh, spoken with Lisa Borders, who is the chairman of the commission at the U.S. Olympic Paralympic Committee uh, Commission to come up with recommendations for change uh, at the organization. Um, she is Her group is recommending far greater athlete involvement in the decision-making and the staffing, truly a much more athlete-centric U.S. Olympic Paralympic Committee. Uh, what do you think of the work of uh, what the recommendations you've seen from the, from the Borders Commission? I like Lisa very much. I think she's a deep thinker. She's proactive and understands the serious dimension of this problem. I applaud her efforts. I would like to see her clean house and bring in more athletes and make sure that the old guard has gracefully stepped down and bring in some some new blood uh, of folks who really understand the uh, psychosocial component of all this. Uh, It's not just a legal game, and we are dealing with a lot of lawsuits, and there'll be problems both in the civil courts and criminal courts. But at the end of the day, we need somebody, uh, and, and we need a number of people, who are sensitive to the psychosocial aspects of how you work with athletes, how you work with coaches, how we get a dialogue going, how we understand the background checks, and how this filters down from elite sport down to our community training centers that are the feeder programs for elite gymnastics or elite swimming or elite taekwondo. So it's not just at the Olympic Committee. Um, It has to filter down through the system and make sport safer. We need to let our parents know that it's safe to take their children to a private gym and they can feel safe when their children are there. 
is that happening? Do you feel that there is a, a change that is, is resulting from the exposure, from the notoriety of this particular case with USA Gymnastics? You know, I, I would hope so. Um, I think the jury's still out. I don't want to be naive in saying after 40 years in sports medicine, yeah, uh, we made everything go away. The film, the commission, the uh, courage first, it's all going to be, you know, uh, perfect and uh, we have a new agenda. It's going to be a long time. It's going to be a long, long time. And in talking with experts around the country, people smarter than myself, they have said it could be 10, 15, 20 years, could be a new generation before we shift the paradigm on the culture of sexual abuse, sexual assault. I would hope that with the new training mandates for coaches and the requirements for more training and background checks, that we have made a difference and that the film is shedding light on that. I also hear uh, from coaches in small towns and going to committee meetings that people believe that this is just going to blow over. This is just a, a little blip on the radar and it'll all go away. Uh, also hearing that a lot of uh, gym owners and directors don't want to spend the money for extra training or extra background checks or uh, mandated um, uh, training at, at higher levels to get their credentials to open a gym. So it's a bit um, bittersweet. Uh, I'm hearing the resistance, and yet I'm hearing people saying, we absolutely have to clean up our home in order to uh, make sport a safer place. Couragefirst.org is the title of the website that has a wellspring of information about this particular program. What, what if, if an organization, if a group of people want to in, bring Courage First to their company, to their institution, to their city, uh, is that possible to do? Absolutely. Melanie Raffle is our director uh, of operations of Courage First and the person who conceived uh, the um, program after the film. And if you go to couragefirst.org, you'll see that there's a whole group of, of, of people uh, who are experts, uh, social workers, psychologists, as well as sister survivors who are available in cities uh, across the country, who are available uh, pro bono to come and speak to youth groups, to YMCA's, to uh, athletic directors. So yes, it's a it's a great resource. Uh, already, people are calling and going online and signing up. So we hope people will use it. Uh, we're making it available. We've been awarded some very very big grants to make it uh, free to the public, and we hope people will take advantage of it. CourageFirst.org is the website address once again. Dr. Stephen Ungerleiter has been our guest today on Around the Rings Radio. Thanks very much for, for joining us today. Ed, thanks so much for having me. And thank you for joining us on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. I'm Ed Hula. For 30 years, your best source of news about the Olympics is AroundTheRings.com.